Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. There are six wildcard games opening weekend of the NFL playoffs. If you want to figure out how to wager on any of the six, Ike and I are going to be talking about that on today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show. 365, 24-7, regardless on what sport it is, is obviously it's playoff season right now that starts Saturday, but make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. Yes, you can see betonline.ag on your screen right now, and you see right next to it our promo code BELIEVE that'll get you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion, 12-year veteran, and Pittsburgh Steelers scout, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, talking some playoffs today, talking coaching vacancies, talking Justin Fields and the Bears with the number one pick. But we're going to start Steelers' opponents in 2023. We know who they will play and who the rest of the AFC North will play. So the AFC North this season is going to be matched up against AFC South and NFC West. So at home, the Steelers are going to play the Ravens, Bengals, and Browns, customary in the division. Also at home, Cardinals, Packers, Jags, Patriots, 49ers, and Titans. On the road, the Steelers will play Ravens, Bengals, Browns, in addition to the Texans, Colts, Raiders, Rams, and Seahawks. And Ike, the reason I bring this up The Steelers had more wins against playoff teams this season than three of the teams in the AFC playoffs. So my point being with this, schedules matter. Yeah, I mean, looking at the away games, Pittsburgh should. (laughs) Pittsburgh, other than outside of the division, Pittsburgh should at least win out on the away games. I'm just speculating. I'm just guessing. Um, I think they got opportunities to, to beat every team you name. When it came to the away game, you know, the divisional opponents, Mark, going to be tough regardless on what the record is. That's just how it is because everybody know everybody in that division and they play each other twice. So that's always going to be a tough matchup. But the away games, Mark, I like Pittsburgh still as eyes on them away games for real. Yeah. And I, I've seen some people put out records on social media. I'm not going to do that yet because I want to see what happens in free agency, what happens in the draft. The coaching carousel is in full swing right now. There's five vacancies. I'm not even going to put a record out there yet. Might not be popular. We don't have enough information for me to even give a a good speculative guess, but you're hoping that the Steelers can improve upon what was a nine and eight record in the 2022 season. Yeah, I I think definitely the Pittsburgh Steelers will improve um, in a record next year from this year to past season. First of all, you got Kenny Pickett, and we saw his reduction as a rookie quarterback. Him make strides throughout the season. Um, George Pickens, him make strides throughout the season. Najee actually getting kind of healthy. Him making strides, him sticking his foot in the ground. Uh, Jalen Warren coming off the bench. Um, before he hurt his hammy, coming off the bench, man, as you're seeing what Jalen Warren was doing, defense held it down, you know, and it looks like the defense will get better. We'll see what happens in the offseason. Um, as far as like adding pieces, but Coach T, man, he's just another magi- magician. I-, I mean, Mark, to go from two to six, two to six, two to six looks slim to none, doesn't look good at all. To nine and eight says a lot. So, yeah, this was a this was a rebuilding year, regardless on how people want to look at it. They rebuilt, but they rebuilt during the season. And we talked about the offensive line. 
a lot in a train in training camp, but this is, you know, one of the only offensive line guys who all five played all the snaps together in the NFL. So offensive line definitely got better. So we really can't say too much about offensive line. So as a coach, just in total, to have a young team, to have a Hall of Fame quarterback leave your franchise and to have a rookie quarterback come in and step up, you're really not that pissed off as a coach on what happened throughout your season in Coach Tomlin. You know, yeah, so, I, sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We talked about Coach 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 Matt Canada, um, but honestly, you know, he he developed Mark, and I forgot we was talking about last year. Like all Coach Mark, all Coach Matt Canada wants is somebody who can get outside the pocket a little bit, and then he wound up having it. And I, I guess we just forgot because we was just so used to. Ben doing his audibles and freestyle and making his own plays like, you know, he playing with a rookie quarterback, Coach Matt Canada, <laughs> you know, so um, they need to get in. They needed to get to know each other. So we, we shall see what happens in the offseason, off Mark. But I mean, where, Piss, where Pittsburgh was at the beginning of the year, Mark, to how they ended. I mean, you, and, and looking at their roster and seeing how many young guys they had playing, you can't be mad. Yeah, I've got three thoughts, and we will go to what Yins think after. Three thoughts with this. At this point, personally, I would be surprised if Matt Canada is not brought back for 2023. I just think enough time's gone on, however you feel about it. We'll see. It could happen. But if you were going to make that change, to me, would have happened immediately after the offseason. But we'll see with that. That could obviously change. That's just my personal opinion. Um, two other things. I was mentioned how schedules matter. The record on the front half of the season, we said looking at the Steelers' 2022 schedule that it was going to be more difficult on the front end than the back end. We said that from the get-go when we were talking a year ago when we knew, okay, here are the dates of when the Steelers will play their opponents. And at number three, you talk about a young offense where, and I've said it before, Deontay Johnson is 26 years old and he's like the elder statesman. A lot of times in the league, it's, oh, this team's getting older. They need to get some fresh blood in there. Getting older is actually just going to benefit this offense because they are very, very, very young. And that's why you see the growth and the development and the improvement throughout the course of the season because they're still getting that valuable experience of what it means to be an NFL athlete. Yeah, I mean, you you, you hit it. Be, being call being old in the NFL or being a veteran in the NFL is a good thing. That means you're seasoned real well. You know exactly what you need to do and you know how to be a professional. So there's nothing wrong with being called old or being a veteran in the NFL. That's a great thing. That's a great thing to have as a coach. That's a great thing um, on the personal side as a professional. That's a great thing to just be in the league and be in to have that kind of status. You know, when you're in the league and somebody call you a vet, that's a pretty damn good status. That means you know what to do at all times. You're very professional at all times. You know how the business is ran. You know what you need to do on and off the field. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, we and, and, and Deontay is a vet now at 26 years old. I, I mean, historically, you know, Cam Hayward is, all, is the ultimate veteran guy on that football team. But far as like when it comes down to the offensive side, 26 years old in the real world is young. You know, 26 in, in, in the football world is, you know, becoming a seasoned veteran, which is a good thing. 
Ike, this is a perfect segue for what yins think. This is where our viewers and listeners write in and ask us questions. And so this first one comes from A.K. Davis. A.K. Davis writes, I've been a Steelers fan since 1975 and often wondered about something. I see several retired players who played for several teams, but if one of those teams was the Steelers, they want to be remembered as a Steeler because it's the time frame of their career that they speak about the most. What you see them picking games, they still, when you see them picking games, they still bleed black and gold. Can Ike speak to that and what it means for those Steelers? Why, why it is that they favor the Steelers if they've played for multiple teams in their career? Thanks. First of all, you got to start off with the Rooney family. You got to start off with the open door policy. You got to start off with the owner coming down to the locker room. You got to start off with the owner having his door open just in case a player or anybody have a question or have something on their mind. You got you to start off with the owners and the, the, the Rooney family um, for Christmas, giving everybody uh, Christmas gifts. You got to you, you you just got to start off with the Rooney's one and, and, and just how they how they get and understand what it is and how they value the players. So it's a player first. Uh, atmosphere and that, and that goes out to the Roonies uh, since 1933 um, going on train trips uh, Papa Dan and now Mr. Art um, just being around the players all their life you know that was the way they made their money the Rooney family this this wasn't um, a second venture you know a lot of owners right now you know it's just a hobby for them they got money to play with so they'll they'll wind up buying themselves a football team for the Rooney family this was the way of life so I got to start off with the Rooney's one Two is the city of Pittsburgh, and I tell people this all the time. Um, if you just Google and you search uh, per ratio um, how many billionaires stay or come from Pittsburgh in the world, from, Pit, from Pittsburgh, you'll see it's a lot. So, but a good thing about it is they don't want you to know. So you got all, got all, you got all this money, but you still see the Ford F-150s. You still see the pickup trucks. You still see the Toyota Camrys. You still see the, the lunch piles, the lunch boxes. You still see people just going about going about their day. You still see the family atmosphere. That's what bring that's what bring people back to Pittsburgh. That's why former players talk about Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh embraced the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, when you want to talk about family, and, and I've seen this numerous of times, not even in the locker room, but just outside the locker room with a lot of people I know who are in Pittsburgh. They say they didn't want to leave Pittsburgh and they wind up moving. They wind up moving to the Miami, they wind up moving to California, and they always come back. Because by the end of the day, family means everything. And that's just the city of Pittsburgh. Family is everything. Now we got to get to the locker room. The locker room is a brotherhood. So you're able to be yourself. And when you when you hold yourself or when we hold ourselves accountable in that locker room, that says a lot. That's it. That says, man, I care and I love you. So, yeah, we're going to hash it out. And, you know, brothers, sometimes they fight. That's just what it is. But they, they, they shake hands and they hug and they kiss and they make up. That's just what it is. But when I care about you, and I keep it in-house. That's what I like about Pittsburgh. They keep it in-house. They don't go to the media. Um, if there's something in the locker room we need to talk about, we're going to talk about. And you got to tip your hat to Coach T. And I was able to to be under Coach Kyle as well. Everything that happened stayed in-house. Everything that needed to be resolved stayed in-house. We didn't let the media know what was going on. And and that's just, that's just what it that's just what it was. But Pittsburgh is just a little bit different, Mark. It grows on you. And once Pittsburgh grows on you, it, it, it don't come off 
at all. Um, I was talking to uh, Corey Shavers. I don't know if you, I don't know if people remember Corey Shavers yesterday. He was a DB for Minnesota and uh, never played for Pittsburgh. He was just, he said, IQ a scout. I said, yes, sir, I'm a scout for Pittsburgh. And Corey been doing the scouting business since he been playing for a long time, since 2006, 2007. I've been knowing Corey. He said, as he said, Pittsburgh really do treat you like family. I said, yeah, Pittsburgh really do treat you like family. And regardless of whether you're Pittsburgh still for a week or 13 years, it just grows on you, Mark. So um, big shout out to the question, but a huge shout out to the Pittsburgh, not only Steelers, but the city of Pittsburgh. A tremendous response. And you were pictured with Corey Chavis on your Instagram story. Is that correct, Ike? Correct. Down at the Hula Bowl. And so I will make sure Ike's Instagram page, one of a kind, is in our social media notes. So anyone watching, go check that out. Uh, Ike doing some scouting for the Steelers at the Hula Bowl. I'm excited to get into the offseason, Ike, but we still have a lot in the playoffs to discuss. And tremendous answer. And AK Davis, thank you for that. For writing in, great question, great question. we got one more to get to, Ike. Captain Spartan 04 writes, so we just watched Georgia absolutely destroy TCU in the national championship. From Yin's perspective, what makes football just so different in the South and the SEC? And Ike, I'm going to take this off the top because I lived in SEC country for five years of my life, both at the University of Missouri and I started my career in Knoxville, Tennessee, where the University of Tennessee is. For me, it's the regionality to where a lot of these cities don't have a pro team nearby. So if you're in East Tennessee, the closest pro team that you can go to, if you want to drive two and a half hours down Interstate 40, you could go see the Tennessee Titans play in Nashville. But it's the regionality. And it's also it's like to say football's religion in the South is an understatement. Like when you've won 13 of the last 17 national championships, okay. Why is that? And then I look at the recruiting standpoint because I think about the players. And I, we talk about this all the time. Okay, where's this specific player from? I'm telling you where all the best recruits from. And if I were a college coach, where I would try to recruit? Florida, Louisiana, Georgia, parts of Texas, California. It's not to say that there aren't great players from Pennsylvania or Ohio, but right. in the southern states, when you can train year-round, you can have seven-on-seven seven seven leagues year-round. And it's warm outside to where you can go outside and you can work on drills. You can work on running. You can work on your strength. You can work on your speed. You know, where I grew up in the Chicago suburbs, like you'd have to go to an indoor facility to do a lot of this during the winter time. And you don't have that benefit of, hey, I can be outside year round in the South. So to answer that question, Ike, it's regionality, it's climate, and it's where a hotbed of players come in the league. And I, I would venture to say, Ike, I, I don't know this for a fact, but if you took a look at all of the players that are currently in the NFL, where are they from? I, I would put good money that they're either from Florida, Louisiana, Texas, or California. So you get so the reason the reason why the mentality is just different down south. Um, we feel like we always got our back against the wall down south, but it's a sudden hospitality, and, and that's what I tell people. Oh, um, Mr. Yes, ma'am. No, no, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Holding yourself accountable. Personality down south. That's just what it is. But it's the competition. We just love to compete. So not only you, not only down south, do you give us good weather that we can train year round. We respect alphas and we acknowledge them. So it's man, I got to be better than you. 
yeah, you got me today, but I got to be way better than you. I think the competition is way just totally different. I think the mindset is just different down south. That's exactly what it is. Like when they went, when <laughs> I say this all the time between all those boys and Miami boys, we the same. We just in two different states because <laughs> we always feel like our backs, our backs against the wall, and we always we always feel like we got something to prove. That's that's how I feel, and the competition is just here. If you if you think you're good, you come to a down south team. That's where you come to, and I tell people I tell people this. Man, Florida boys think they was born to play football. That's just their personality. New Orleans boys that feel like they were just born to play football. That's just their personality. You know, they, we don't have the luxury like a Texas where you're in high school and you have a a seventy million dollar stadium. There is no luxury. We got potholes. We got glass. We got dirt slash slash turf on our fields. So it's a little bit different. We don't have the water breaks. We don't have we don't have a a training staff that's you know 75 80 people we don't we don't have that it's it's okay they call a timeout we catch a water break and we're down here in that swamp that humidity that 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 dirt that gut that you can't even walk outside because you got to come home and take another shower <laughs> from your mailbox kind of mentality yep. but we yep. love it. but we love it so everybody i don't care where you from if you think you good you coming south the only thing we getting from the West Coast, and this is no disrespect. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> quarterbacks from the West Coast because mm-hmm. they're always cool, calm, and collective. And what the heck you want in your quarterback? You want a cool, calm, collective kind of guy. You're getting, you're getting your quarterback from either Cali or Texas because in Texas, 707 is real high. They play year-round. The boys get number reps. So, you know, if you get a, a quarterback from Texas, you got action. He's going to know where to go. Once you get to college, because in high school, he had so many reps. I mean, when you want to talk about offense and defense alignment, man, just look at Florida, Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, South Carolina. When you want to talk about uh, wide receivers, just look at Florida. When you want to talk about uh, DBs or wide receivers, look at Florida, look at Louisiana, look at some of Texas. It's just, it's just the mentality down here. So up north, I would say the weather kind of hinders y'all up north. When you want yep. to talk north you talk about offensive linemen you talk about uh wrestling you talk about a lot of indoor activities up north down south our, our mentality is just all the way different we're outside all day i mean if you look at it mark it's 60 something degrees at nine o'clock in florida it's going to be 78 degrees on sunday up north it's, it's not like that. so we always in our shorts and the hoodie down south so we always outside but that mud a little bit different the dirt down here a little bit different the soil down here a little bit different it's swampy down here baby it's swampy down here so you know when you when you go into that swamp man your mentality got to be different ain't no swamp up north ain't no swamp on the west coast once you step foot in any region down south understand man we always got a chip on our shoulder like i could talk to you about this till sundown and i've never thought about the regionality when it comes to position groups because the two guys in high school I played with that were teammates of mine that made it in the NFL, shout out to mm-hmm. Matt Lacoste and James O'Shaughnessy. They're both NFL tight ends. They played receiver and quarterback for us in high school. But you think about the regionality of the position groups by region because of which all the reasons you just outlined. Well said, Ike. Well said. Appreciate you, Mark. Okay. Playoff weekend, wildcard weekend gets underway. This weekend, Ike, six games, and 
all six matchups the teams played in the regular season. And speaking of the regionality too, Ike, we've got three Florida teams in the playoffs this year in the Jags, the Bucks, and the Dolphins. Right. We're going to start in order with the Saturday game. Seahawks against 49ers, Ike. And Kyle Shanahan, to me, is the quarterback whisperer. And Brock Purdy has led this San Francisco offense to an NFL high, 194 points since taking over for Jimmy G in week 13. It's the only quarterback other than Dan Marino and Billy Volek to have multiple touchdown passes in each of his first five starts. I like what Brock Purdy is doing. He's been playing pretty good. I'll take the 49ers against the, the Seahawks. Now, 10 points is a lot, but throw this in a money line parlay. I, that's how I would do this. I don't think there's any chance that the 49ers lose at home. Yeah, Brock Purdy on that red shirt. Yeah. What I mean by red shirt is Brock Purdy got number one defense in the league. He got probably the best offensive line in the league. He got the best, uh, he got the best running back in CMC. Um, I know Elijah just came back from off of injury. Uh, as well with the San Francisco 49ers, he probably got one of the most explosive tight ends in the league, and he got a receiver that's named Debo. And I don't know if anybody uh, saw the movie Friday, but go check out what Debo was doing. <laughs> so, yeah, he got a he got a red he got a red shirt, yeah. So all, all they ask Purdy to do is keep it Purdy and not make turnovers. That's all they ask him to do: hand the ball off, and if you don't like what you see, run it or throw it out of bounds. And since he's been doing that, they've been ahead of the game. And winning the way they went. But man, he on, he, on, he on scholarship right now. He got red shirt, yeah, right now. He got a red shirt, yeah, because they're not asking Purdy to win a ball game. He got everything. If you want to be a rookie quarterback, this is exactly how you want to walk on stage. You want to walk on stage with the number one producer. You want to walk on stage with the number one actor. You want to walk on stage with the best supporting cast. <laughs> because all you need to do is say a few lines. And this is exactly what Purdy is doing. Now, let's give credit to Purdy. Yeah. He he's been doing everything he needs he he needed to do, playing with a lot of confidence, not turning the ball over, understanding he got a good defense, offensive line, uh, running back duo, and receivers in the tight end. I mean, and goddamn, Coach Kyle Shanahan just, I mean, it's it's like he get it's, it's like he he catching he catching fire. I mean, every week he got something new going on. It, it's like this this gonna be our. I'm gonna get him the ball. He, I'm gonna feature him this week. That's how Coach Shanahan is is is, is doing what he's doing right now. And the Seahawks, you can't discredit Seahawks. Uh, shout out to Geno Smith for proving mm-hmm. everybody wrong, including myself this year, on on coming out and getting this <laughs> and getting the Seahawks into a playoff. I mean, when we talk about Russ leaving and we and we was looking at the Denver Broncos and we was asking ourselves who's gonna be the starter, and we said Geno Smith. I think everybody would have thought Russ would have had a better season than Geno. Geno said, F all y'all. I got something for y'all. I'm in the playoffs, and Russ sitting at home watching me play. And shout out to Coach Pete Carroll, too, for getting his team in the playoffs with a new quarterback under center. So, I mean, I, I heard what Coach Pete said. Unfortunately, we got to play the the 49ers, but now I ain't buying that because Coach been to too many Super Bowls, too many playoff games, and – to be at his age and to see his energy and to see how his team rallied around the elderly person like that says a lot about Coach Coach Pete. Them guys keeping him young and they, they, they respect him not only as a, a dad, a coach, grandpa, uncle, um, boss man. They just love being around him. 
so yeah, this is going to be a close. It, it's not going to be as, as as they said ten points. Uh, go to betonline.ag. Make sure y'all put in y'all wages if y'all want to bet bet on this game right here between the 49ers and, and uh, Seattle Seahawks. But I think it's going to be closer. I think it's going to be seven or less. So I, I think it's going to come down to a field goal. To be honest with you, that's just what playoff football is, Mark. All right, Ike. We will continue. We got to get through five matchups here. So we're going to go to. Chargers and Jaguars, and Ike, it's just the way these two teams are trending. I know Mike Williams and Joey Bosa appear that they're going to play. We're recording this on Thursday, so we'll see what happens between now and kickoff. But the Chargers have only beaten one playoff team this year, and that was the Dolphins in Week 14. Meanwhile, the Jaguars are playing great football, Ike, on the back half of the season, and you're finally seeing, finally seeing, who you call sunshine, Trevor Lawrence is doing, Ike. And so, again, the Chargers are 0-5 other than, well, so 1-5 against playoff teams this year. Jaguars are 7-2 in their last nine games. This line opened at 1.5. Now the Chargers are favored by 2.5, which leads me to believe both Williams and Bosa are going to play. But just the momentum of both teams, Ike, I'm going to go with the Jaguars with how they've played on the back half of the season. Give me the... Give me the Jaguars at home in Jacksonville. I'm rocking with you, Mark. I'm going to take the Jazz. The Jazz, the Jazz just – Coach Doug got them boys playing. Sunshine playing out his mind, too. The back of the season, <laughs> uh, Trevor Lawrence, I'm talking about as a quarterback, ain't nobody been hotter than Trevor and Jared, Jared Goff. We talked about this before. You know, and they and they and their first-round draft pick, he been playing out his mind as well, coming off that edge. You know, and Travis Etienne, since he became healthy – he been playing out his mind as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, Christian Kirk, he been playing out his mind as well. They thought they paid him too much in the offseason. He been playing out his mind too. Yep. And I forgot my my little young pup number two, the safety. He been coming downhill. He been playing out his mind too. So the Jack, the Jack, the Jack's energy is just different right now, man. Coach Doug, Coach Doug got them boys playing and got them playing physical too. They they playing physical ball. Ain't, ain't nothing finesse about the Jags. Them boys coming downhill and they playing smash mouth. I like the Charles. I like Justin Herbert. Um, but I just like the Jags a little bit. And, and you know, Justin, he got he got his weapons back. He got all his weapons back. And yeah, they got some they got some outside linebackers slash defense in between Mac and Bosa. You don't want to see them. But it's just it's just the Jags, man. They just they playing with that flawed energy right now. Yeah, Rayshon Jenkins, like the safety number two oh, for the Jags. I, I love him. I love him so much. All right, oh. Dolphins and Bills, like this is pretty simple. Two is not playing because of a concussion, and this line moved tremendously when that news came out on Wednesday as well. This line opened up at thirteen. Or excuse me, the line was at nine points when the Tua news came out. Bills are now favored by thirteen. Dolphins have lost five of their last six games entering the postseason it's going to be tough if it's rookie Skylar Thompson Ike they're going to try to get Teddy Bridgewater back he's got a dislocated pinky but I'm going to take the bills at home and again 13 points is a lot so the the bet I would place put a money line parlay take the bills on the money line and then in the other game we mentioned earlier take the 49ers on the money line two game parlay that's what I would do if I'm placing a wager this weekend on betonline.ag yeah, Mark, I'm, I'm gonna rock with the Bills. They playing inspired. Them boys just catching fire right now. But they clicking on all cylinders. Um, I mean, really, too. Cause we, we, we. I mean, special teams. They won a two piece. They got two touchdowns. 
by Poirier last week with the two uh, kickoff returns to the house. Um, defense has been playing pretty pretty dang good. They still got to stop the run because um, they got ran on a little bit uh, before. And Josh Allen got to start off. He got to start off fast. He got to start off fast, to be honest, to be totally honest with you. But I think they just going to come together as a team and beat the Dolphins. Um, I, 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 I thought if Tua was playing, Miami would have had a shot because they do have a, a two-headed monster as well when you want to talk about what they running backs in the backfield. We ain't even talking about the two receivers, uh, Cheetah 1 and Cheetah 2. We ain't even talking about that. <laughs> I mean, and the defense been playing like solid as well the Dolphins. So, yeah, but I'm going to roll with the Bills, man. The Bills is, you know, they tied. And what I mean by them being tied, they tied, as Josh Allen said, wearing them goddamn hats, man. Them, them, them championship hats and not actually going to the Super Bowl and winning one. So mm-hmm. I got feels on this one as well. All right, Ike. Next matchup, Giants and Vikings. The Vikings are 11-0 in one-score games this season. That is an NFL record. And this Vikings defense is what, to me, is most troublesome. Finished the season in 29th in points allowed and 31st in yards allowed. I think Justin Jefferson is the game breaker to where if he goes off, he could carry this team to a deep postseason run. But it's like, at what point are they going to get caught? So having said this, I will take the Giants as my upset pick. I'm following the crowd, Ike. I think the Giants are a favorite for a lot of people. But I just, you know, in the regular season, Vikings, exciting football. I just think at some point it's going to catch up with them this season. I'm going to take the Giants on the road. I'm going to do the same thing you just did, Mark. I'm going to take the Giants on the road as well. And the reason why is um, they have the best coach who adjusts in the second half out of anybody I've seen so far this year. The Giants in the second half, when they want to talk about adjustments, uh, they do everything to stop you and they do everything to score. And Daniel Jones can run. And this is exactly what Daniel Jones has been doing. If he has been liking what he's been saying, passing the ball, he'll take off and run. I think people forget how athletic Daniel Jones is as a quarterback as well. And Saquon is back. He just te- he, he just texts on his Twitter, I reloaded. If anybody know anything about Jay-Z and that blueprint. Yes, I was, going, I was going with the Giants, Mark. All right, Saquon's back. I, I'm excited to watch that one. And Dayball, the head coach, I think is going to, be up for consideration for coach of the year. We've got two more, Ike. Ravens and right. Bengals. This game opened as seven-point favorites for the Bengals. It's now at eight and a half, which leads me to believe that odds makers don't think Lamar Jackson will play. We still don't know. He hasn't practiced as of Wednesday. And to expect Lamar Jackson to come back and just save this Ravens team, I think, is a bit silly, Ike. I'm going to get you a few right. stats as well about how they haven't been the same team. Ravens averaging 24 points per game with Jackson in weeks one through 12. They've averaged just 12 and a half since Jackson has been out. If Lamar doesn't play, the Ravens don't have a chance in this one. I know it's a divisional matchup. I like the Bengals at home. Yeah, it's just pound for pound. The Bengals have the best offense. I'm not talking about offensive coordinator. I'm just talking about talent and offense. You want to give yourself three receivers between T Higgins Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase, here you go. Mark, the Bengals, you know, pound for pound, I think they got the best offense between the wide receivers, T, Boyd, and Chase, um, the, the two-headed monster in the back between Piran and, and Mixon, and, 
You know, Joe Cool is probably one of my favorite quarterbacks because he always stays even keel regardless on what goes on around him, including all the chaos. So the, the Bengals, man, I, I think the Bengals would beat the Ravens regardless if Lamar was coming back or no. That's just how good I feel about the Bengals. So quietly, we haven't been talking about the Bengals, but quietly, the Bengals been hitting their stride as well, which is very scary. So you can just ask, you know, um, Patrick Mahomes about the Bengals because he's he's 0-3 um, as a starter. They're 0-7 just, just in general. So that says a lot. Um, the Bengals have KC's number uh, to be determined. We'll see if that matchup comes back again between the Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm sure that'll be a good one. But on this one, I have the Bengals over the Ravens. All right, Ike, I got to get you out of here really quickly. Cowboys and Bucks. I'm going to say this. I'm not going against Brady. Like, if I'm looking at just, and I take away the uniforms, I take away the team colors, all of that, I would pick the Cowboys. I can't go against Tom Brady. And we say, oh, is this a different Cowboys team? Is it going to be like the Cowboys teams of the mid-90s? Until I'm proven otherwise, give me Tom Brady and the Buccaneers at home. Hey, I said this when I saw the schedule. I said this. Hey, what I said? I said I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't go to BetOnline.ag and bet, but I'm not betting against Tom Brady until it otherwise is proven. Tom just, mm-hmm. Tom just turned into a different person when it comes down to playoffs. You know. His, 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 he, I mean, he, he put, he really do. He put the cape on. Um, he go from being okay to turning into the Hulk. So, yeah, when time hit that playoff, he, it's just a totally different person. And plus, he's 7 0. I know he was with the Patriots, but uh, in one game with the Bucks, but he's 7 0 against the Dallas Cowboys. So, we'll see. I think it'll be a good game, but I can't, I can't, I can't bet against Tom in the playoffs until further notice. I'm with you, Ike. I'm going to let you out of here, Ike. I'm, I am going to share my thoughts, so I will yep. take you off screen. I'm going to let you run. Got to go to the Hula Bowl scouting. So check out Ike's Instagram for some behind the scenes. I'll let you run. Awesome talking to you, as always. I will finish up the show because I want to share some thoughts about Roquan Smith's extension, what the Bears should do, number one pick, and best head coaching vacancy. We can talk about that here in the coming weeks, Ike. But I know that you got your Steelers scouting responsibilities that you need to get to. I appreciate you, bro. Want to give a big shout out to Mark. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to you, bro. Got to give a big shout out to BetOnline.ag. Uh, believe in Steelers podcast, of course. Everybody who's working behind the scenes and making us look good. Want to appreciate everybody. Williams, thank. Keep writing us um, questions because we do have answers. We love that segment. Um, anything else I miss? Oh yeah, make sure y'all give us that five piece. Make sure y'all give us a five star rating and make sure y'all uh, give us that five star rating and subscribe to us as well but i want to appreciate everybody man just tuning in and watching mark and now and i believe i'm still his podcast i see you're the absolute best hi the family as well i'm i am going to stay on here give me just okay, a second and all the best at the hula bowl today ike thank you appreciate you mark all right that's ike taylor the ravens signing roquan smith to a five-year extension 20 million dollars per year 100 mil 60 guaranteed Highest paid linebacker in the league. What does this mean now for Lamar Jackson? You could say, well, did the Ravens overpay? Maybe. But what this means for Lamar Jackson is they're going to try to get him under the franchise tag for the 2023 season and say, hey, prove it yet again. That's what this means to me. So we'll see how contract negotiations go. 
But if you're spending that much on Roquan, you got to spend that much on a quarterback. Lamar hasn't been healthy, though. So are the Ravens going to hold that against him? Is the exorbitant amount that the Browns spent on Deshaun Watson and the exorbitant amount that the Cardinals spent on Kyler Murray actually going to go against Lamar Jackson's favor because both of those quarterbacks didn't perform at the level that maybe other people expected them to this season. So we'll see. But I think this to me schedules that the Ravens, it shows that the Ravens are going to try to franchise tag Lamar in 2023. We'll see how all this plays out. Or if Lamar says, hey, trade me because he is the most marketable player in the NFL. All the little kids, when they're playing Madden, they want to play with Lamar Jackson and they want Lamar Jackson's jersey. It's not just his on-field ability at the quarterback position. It's his marketability. And someone, for all intents and purposes, has been an upstanding dude off the field as well. You don't really hear a lot of negative publicity about Lamar Jackson. And I thought it was funny, too. You saw some reports float out, and you think, okay, where is this coming from? That Lamar was, like, slacking behind the scenes. And it's just like, this is an interesting wrinkle in the negotiations as we figure out what is the future for Lamar. Is it in Baltimore? Is it with another team? My crazy half-baked theory is that he winds up in Tampa if Tom Brady moves on from the Buccaneers. Just my half-baked theory. Just my half-baked theory. Bears have the number one pick. Here's what I would do if I were Chicago in this shoes, in their shoes. Trade down to whatever slot you know that you can still get George's Jalen Carter because you've got to fill voids of Akeem Hicks is no longer there. The guy who held it down in the middle for your defense for a long time. Khalil Mack is now with the Los Angeles Chargers. Roquan Smith is no longer there. You traded him to the Ravens. And Robert Quinn, you traded to the Eagles. So this defense needs help. The offense with Justin Fields say, wait a second. This was perhaps the worst offensive line in the league. And Justin Fields, if you look, we're all tantalized by his ability. Who's he throwing to? So he has perhaps a top five worst offensive line, perhaps a top five worst wide receiving group. But this is why I trade down. I get Jalen Carter to fortify the middle of my defense. And then I can use those other picks to get Justin Fields the help that he needs. Now, I do understand the logic to say, should the Bears trade Justin Fields for more picks, and then you could draft, say, a Bryce Young or one of the other quarterbacks, number one, because if you draft a rookie quarterback, you have five years of a rookie quarterback salary. Right now, Justin Fields and the Bears, they got three years left. The two years left on the remaining on the rookie deal and the fifth-year option. Time is ticking, and so if you're not going to improve the roster quickly around Fields, eventually you're going to have to pay him when his rookie deal is up. Now, the Bears have more than $100 million in salary cap space. They have a ton of picks. So it's like a blank canvas of how do you want it to improve this Bears roster quickly. But now remember, they don't have their second-round pick because they traded that away to the Steelers in the Chase Claypool trade. So if you're the Bears, what do you do? I understand the logic in drafting a rookie quarterback, but that's a total unknown in terms of a rookie quarterback's ability to – develop in this league. It's really like a 50-50 proposition. So unless you have someone that just blows you away, I would see what you have in Justin Fields. Go on and draft a stud at the top, but trade down because if you just draft that stud with the number one pick, there is going to be a team that wants to move up to number one to make sure that they're getting their guy, particularly and probably at the quarterback position.
So if I'm the Bears, how much value can I get for that number one pick? How much value can I get for that number one pick? And, and I've thought about it a lot of, should the Bears trade away Justin Fields? And it's like, do you want to try to rip the Band-Aid off to treat a flesh wound yet again? Yet again, because this is a franchise that had been looking for a quarterback since Sid Luckman. So that's just my thought process and logic with the Chicago Bears of what I think that they should do. We'll see. We'll see. There's a lot of time between now and April's draft of how the Bears should handle this. And one other thought with this. The Bears general manager, Ryan Poles, got asked about, do you want to build around Justin Fields? And he said, yeah, we think he's the quarterback of the future. We'd have to be blown away to say, hey, we'll draft the quarterback with the number one pick and consider trading Fields. Ryan Poles isn't going to answer that question honestly for this reason. If he says, yes, we're considering trading Justin Fields, we're definitely evaluating quarterbacks, he's diminishing Fields' value. So if you're Ryan Poles, you want to drive up Fields' value to say, could you get a first-round pick and maybe a third-round pick? I've seen a lot of trade possibilities out there, but Fields was a first-round pick. Remember that. Could you get multiple picks for Justin Fields? Could you get multiple picks that's even beyond what his value was when the Bears drafted him in the first round two years ago. So when Ryan Poles answers that question, even if the Bears are seriously considering fields, and I'd expect them to, they're three and 14 this past season. They, they should consider all options is the point I'm trying to make. Poles isn't going to say, yeah, we're definitely considering trading Justin Fields because he doesn't want to diminish the value on his own asset. So think about that more critically in terms of verbatim what he says because if, say, the Bears do draft Justin Fields, there's going to be a media uproar of, well, Ryan Poles said that this wasn't going to happen. That's not what's happening here. He's trying to make sure that the value of his quarterback remains high while also instilling confidence in Fields if Fields does return back for the 2023 season, which is what I expect, by the way. So there's some strategic, like, it, it's not just verbatim what he's saying to media members because it's not in Ryan Poles or the Chicago Bears best interest to completely tell the truth when you're answer when you're asking that question of hey what are you going to do with Justin Fields this offseason it'll be very interesting to see how all that shakes out but again if I'm Ryan Poles and the Bears trade down go get Jalen Carter fortify the middle of your defense get more picks back and then use the rest of those picks to help Justin Fields out up front tight end wide receiver i'd start at the line of scrimmage when he sacked for a league high in sacks this season 55 times justin fields was sacked in the 2022 season that's what i would do final segment of the show there are five head coaching vacancies the colts the broncos the panthers the texans and the cardinals all in market for a new head coach which is the best which is the best vacancy if you had your choice which one are you going with and I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going with the Texans. You've got the second and the 12th overall pick. You've got a blank canvas of how you can improve your team. Now, this is a franchise that has gone through coaches year after year after year after year after year after year, really ever since Bill O'Brien left town. But with the second and the 12th pick, you can begin to rebuild. And to me, go get your quarterback. 
go get your quarterback. And I know this team needs a lot of help in other areas, but like, do you really think Davis Mills is going to cut it in this league? It's not to say he can't be a serviceable quarterback, but to win a Super Bowl, to hoist the Lombardi, to me, the best vacancy is the Texans. If I had my choice of the five, that's what I'm going with because the Colts still have to figure out the quarterback position. The Broncos, for better or for worse, you're tied to Russell Wilson for the next several years, given his massive contract. The Panthers, on the cusp, they don't play in a great division, but what, do they have the seventh pick? Okay, you're still kind of trying to pine for a playoff spot in the Panthers as you try to get back to what you had during the Cam Newton era. Then the Cardinals also, you're tied with Kyler Murray, and how long is he going, how long is it going to take Kyler Murray to get back onto the field? So you're tied, you're tied in a marriage with Kyler Murray whenever he comes back, whenever that may be. To me, the Texans, blank slate, and you can create it as, as you want to. And you're going to get two pretty good players, at least talented players, with the second and the 12th overall pick in this upcoming draft. Again, my name is Mark Bergen. Thanks to Ike Taylor today. I know he had to get rolling. Uh, he's at the Hula Bowl scouting for the Steelers. So when we get to these offseason evaluation of players, He's boots on the ground at a lot of these all-star games. He'll be at the Senior Bowl later. It's going to be great talking with him because he will see a lot of the prospects coming out in the 2023 draft up live in person. So to get his perspective is going to be outstanding this offseason. Really excited for Wild Card Weekend. Again, six games starting Saturday. Enjoy all of the festivities. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch the Believe in Steelers show let us know what you think, what yins think. We'll include you in the show. We love that segment. And thanks for all the people who take the time to listen and watch our program. I'll see you next time. Signing off, this is Mark Bergen. Thanks so much for watching. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.